The following episode of the podcast contains strong and mature language that's actually found within the verses of the Bible. Listener discretion is advised. That's like, it's what it says in the Hebrew. A lot of translations will like go with dung or refuse or poopy, but it is a very strong image. And so to translate it for a modern audience, God is saying that he's smearing shit on your face. And if you don't like it, take it up with God. Welcome to The Dismantle, creating community, not convicts. Welcome to Dismantle Podcast, a place for community, not converts. I'm your host, Joey. On this show, we attempt to dismantle an issue that might be problematic for the church by having a discussion with someone who has experience or insight with that subject. Now, we're not always going to agree, but we won't argue because our goal is to gain understanding and perspective by sharing those views in ways that build bridges but not barriers. Our guest today is Ben Christian. Ben is the senior researcher and card talker for the game, A Game for Good Christians. Ben, welcome to The Dismantle. Thanks for having me. I'm excited we got to connect, man. Thanks for saying yes. I'm excited to be here. So Ben, before we dive into our conversation today, how did you get introduced to church, to faith? What's some of your spiritual background? Was raised in the church. Um, like I probably was born on a Saturday and they had us in church on Sunday morning. Um, so yeah, it's it's been built into the system. Now, would you say there's been a journey aspect from where you started with faith to where you are now? Uh, I would say that even, you know, being raised in the church, um, you know, still making the faith my own. So, you know, going from it being my my parents and my family's faith and my church's faith to my own. Um, And there was Christian camping and Christian colleges and um, seminary in there as well. Um, I think the biggest part of my journey has been taking the Bible um, more seriously, which also includes not always taking it literally um, and seeing that the Bible itself is a it's a document that is giving the journey of faith of various communities over time and finding out how that speaks to to me and the communities that I, I worship with and serve as well. Well, that's really cool, man. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So today on the show, we're going to say the S word. <laughs> we are, of course, talking about swearing, cursing. Uh, some Christians are okay with dropping a few F-bombs when necessary. Others live by Ephesians 4.29 by not letting any unwholesome thing come out of their mouths. Uh, ben, talk to me about the first time you can recall hearing or using, quote unquote, bad language. I mean, I know it would have had, like, I can't remember the first time, but I'm sure it was at school because the idea of either one of my parents or anyone in my family swearing is, I mean, that's insanity. Like it was crazy. Um, so definitely was at school and then came home and repeated a word. And um, I don't remember what word it was. I think that's like been beaten out of me or I've, I've repressed it so deeply at this point. Um, and my parents were just absolutely horrified. And I think they thought about pulling me out of school altogether because those ungodly heathens in public school are teaching you terrible words that are against God and humanity. Now, Ben, do you think using foul language is something within the Bible, something it asks of people who follow Jesus to do, or is that something that we've decided down the line not to do? Um, I would say that it, hmm, the Bible itself doesn't ask us to swear or to use foul language or to use bad language. Um, I don't think it 
also prohibits us from doing it. Uh, I think it's it's more of knowing the content and the uh, and the context of the conversations that we're having. Um, I think that there's a big difference between like someone dropping the f bomb and uh, someone you know taking the Lord's name in vain. Um, like they're biblically, those would would have been different things. And I think culturally today, we've sort of uh, bastardized what the Bible was talking about and adopted it to our own like more pharisaical moralizations of how we think we're supposed to live all the time. But I mean, I don't think there's anything in the Bible in and of itself that says, if you say this word or these set of words, you're on your way to hell. Now, Christians are mixed about using language. There's a big spectrum. Is it okay? Is it not okay? In fact, I've even received some comments about the times that I've used language on the show Uh, even some of our guests. But the reasons we're talking with you about this is connected to your game. Now, those unfamiliar with a game for good Christians, it's similar to Cards Against Humanity, but it uses Bible verses. And Christians may not be prepared for the vibrancy of the Word of God walking into it, but can you tell us a little bit about the game? Yeah, so a game for good Christians, as you said, um, started off uh, originally. There was a birthday party, and we were playing um, Cards Against Humanity. And most of the people in the room um, were Christians. A bunch of us were seminary graduates, and there were a pairing of two cards, which I can't even remember right now. But when they were played, some of us just sort of stopped and were like, "That would preach." Like there was like this deep spiritual moment where we're like, "We could have an entire sermon off of this." Um, and I just said out loud. I mean, what would it be like if there was an entire game that was like this? It was just based off of the Bible. Um, And then one of my co-creators was like, we just started nerding out about the idea. And then we we let it lay for a little while. Um, After the party was over, everyone was driving home. I just started sketching out ideas. And then I get a phone call from my co-creator. And he's like, remember that idea that we had? And I was like, stop talking. I've already written 10 cards. Um, And we went from there. So yeah, the game is literally on the same level as Cards Against Humanity, like all the horribleness um, in some ways, but we are very intentional of only taking our material from the Bible. Um, and we also include all the biblical passages that we are uh, referencing right at the bottom of the card. So if there's foul language or a, you know, a striking image, um, like one of our cards is David carrying a warm sack of 200 foreskins. And someone might be like, what in the world is that? But it says, you know, 1 Samuel 18 right there on the card. So they can look it up and see, oh, yeah, David was carrying a warm sack of foreskins or, you know, a pair of she-bears mauling a group of kindergartners or, uh, you know, a lot of the more graphic elements of things that are in the Bible. Uh, So we were looking both for, like, you know, the gameplay and having fun, but also causing people to take the Bible more seriously and not just skip over the parts that, you know, preachers often skip over. Now, like you mentioned, the game is filled with, quote-unquote, foul language, even if it is directly pulled from the Bible. But you guys do have a theology of swearing. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Sure. Um, so when we were originally putting the game together, uh, there were moments where we just like, you know, threw the S word or the F word or the A word or whatever in the game just because it was funny. And then we decided to take it a little bit more seriously and come up with this theology of swearing. Um, so there's really two parts to it. Um, we only use profanity or vulgarity um, when either one, the content of the original biblical passage calls for it or the context of the original passage calls for it. So the difference being um, if foul or striking language was used 
in the original Hebrew, Greek, or Aramaic, then we're going to use the modern corollary for that. Um, so there are times where like what the biblical writer was saying content wise would have been the equivalent of saying shit or fuck. Like it is, it is that stark, like out, other biblical scholars can look at it and they would say the exact same thing. Um, the other time is when the content of the original and we're trying to capture the tone. Um, so it might not have used foul language originally, but the only way for the, the, the context to be translated into a modern context would be to maybe, you know, say shit. Um, I mean, one example of that is um, our theology of swearing card talk, our, our blog um, is a card that says, God smearing shit on your face. And that's from Malachi 2.3. Literally, the word that is being used in the Hebrew means shit. It actually translates to mean like holy shit or like bullshit. It's the, the shit from bulls, the dung, as it normally gets translated, that the text is saying God is going to pull that out of the sacrifice that is supposed to be burned and smear it on the face of the priests because they are going against God's word. Um, like... That's like, it's what it says in the Hebrew. Um, a lot of translations will like go with dung or refuse or poopy, but like it is a very strong image. And so to translate it for a modern audience, we're like, no, this is, God is saying that he's smearing shit on your face. And if you don't like it, take it up with God or Malachi. I, I don't know. Now, are there other biblical references that come to mind other than the one dedicated around the word shit? Um, also uh, talking about shit or just other things in general? <laughs> Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, here's a fun one. Um, at least fun for me. Uh, one of the card talks we're writing right now is, um, your God being unable to hear you because he's off taking a shit in the bushes. Um, which we know people see that card originally and they're thinking they get upset cause they're like, what would you be saying about our Lord? Um, but the reference is from first Kings 1827. Um, and you read the passage, that's the very famous, um, uh, the prophets of Baal against Elijah on Mark, Mount Carmel. And the God being referenced there is actually Baal. The thing about this passage that's fun is the number of translations that try to obscure what the Hebrew says. Um, so like in the midst of this, Elijah is making fun of the prophets. He's like, hey, if your God is really God, maybe he's off meditating somewhere. I mean, a lot of translations will say, or he wandered away, or he's on a journey, or perhaps he's asleep and must be woken up. And folks don't notice that, like, why would it the Hebrew say he wandered away and he's on a journey? Uh, the actual Hebrew translates, he is taking a shit in the bushes. Um, the NRSV even has a footnote that, like, points this out. Um, so as we were, like, writing the card talk, one of the things that crossed our minds was, hey, poop humor is funny. Like, sure. Even Shakespeare has it all over the place. But, like, why would Elijah or the writer of Elijah in this moment use scatological humor in the middle of all of his taunts. Um, and we were wondering, does that show up anywhere else in the Bible? Lo and behold, it's actually all over the place. And in later rabbinical sources, um, there's a motif of shit that biblical writers use when referring to worship of Baal. They, it, it's later, it's in first Kings, it's in second Kings, it's in numbers, it's in the Talmud, it's in the Mishnah that they'll even like our reference to Baal's above, um, there was no Baal's above. That wasn't a god. It was really Baal Zebul with an L at the end. But they changed it to being Baal's above, which is God of or the Lord of flies, but really the Lord of shit, the Lord of dung. And there are examples like that all throughout the Bible, where like the writers were like, "How do we take on this, you know, other tra faith tradition? We're going to say that their God is is shit." Yeah, yeah, and it's actually all over the Bible. 
Now, I saw this quote the other day that says this, the command not to take the Lord's name in vain was never about cussing, but a prohibition against using God's name as a way to coerce people through sentiment and propaganda against using God's name to bolster an argument, to bully or intimidate. What do you think about that idea? 100% agree. Um, I think one of the big things, I mean, this is something that I definitely learned in seminary, is that you know, ancient Near Eastern religions, like, you know, ancient Judaism, uh, had what we would, our modern thinking would call like magical thinking. Um, so when we talk about taking the Lord's name in vain, um, or cursing, they meant that literally like blessings and curses that if you swear by the name of the Lord, something is really going to happen. Um, if you're cursing somebody, like something will really happen when you're using God's name. Um, and so today we've sort of like, bastardized that into like, oh, it's curse words or swear words. No, it was about dominance and it was about power. Uh, so like, a, a, you know, a good example of like, is like one of our cards about the idea of the prophet who said to another prophet, hey, hit me. By the word of the Lord, you need to punch me. And the other prophet was like, hard pass on that. And the first prophet says, well, since you didn't do that, this lion is going to come and destroy you. Well, that seems like a little bit of an overreaction, but like it's, it's predicated on that idea that there's power in the name of the Lord. Um, and that if you're going to swear by God's name, you are going to curse somebody by God's name. You need to actually be doing that legitimately. So like prophets were killed if they, you know, said something by God's name and it wasn't true. Or if you bear bore false witness against somebody um, and you weren't actually using God's name or you curse somebody, or sorry, you were using God's name and you curse somebody but God wasn't behind that curse. There were consequences for that, but we've kind of lost that mindset. We've lost the, the idea that it's about, you know, coercing people and um, intimidating them or bullying them. And we're just like, oh no, just don't use the Lord's name in vain because it's bad to use God's name. Not saying that we should just, you know, say, you know, God damn it all the time. Um, but to paraphrase C.S. Lewis, he once said, God damn it on a, uh, broadcast and got a bunch of hate mail and he went back onto the broadcast later on and was like no 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 that's what i meant when i said god damn it i meant that i actually believe that god should damn this situation or damn these people and i was like that all right that's i guess he, he understood the, the text a lot better than we tend to Now, this is a bit lengthy, but I think it's important to get. You guys have this directly on your website. We aren't the edgy young New England pastor who says ass when talking about Balaam's donkey. The Southern preacher who invoking hip-hop lyrics like those hoes ain't loyal when discussing Pontius Pilate. Or the Northwestern speaker who makes it a mission to use profanity, vulgarity, and misogyny, a staple in biblical conversation because, hell... We really aren't sure why. We attempt to remain in the tradition of Moses, the Hebrew prophets, John the Baptist, Jesus, and the apostles when we speak truth. We seek to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable, expecting to ruffle some feathers along the way, but within dialogue. First, Ben, can you unpack a little of what you mean in there? Sure. Um, first, all of those examples were real. Um, so people can Google those and, you know, we didn't name any names because we don't feel like getting law uh, lawsuits. Um, but those are all real examples. Um, and yeah, like we 
we reject the idea of just like using foul language or or you know strong words to be hip or to just be controversial. Um, we we want it to have a purpose and we want it to be affecting people's lives, um, both within and without and outside of the church in positive ways. Now, do you think that you're meeting your goal with that attempt in vision? Um, the number of the amount of hate mail that we haven't gotten has made us believe that we are um, surprisingly because like we really thought we were just going to get you know just beaten up by people. Uh, we've gotten a lot of positive feedback, largely from clergy, um, who have like come and told us or like shot us an email or we find things online. Uh, we know there was one church that was uh, using the game itself for an adult Bible study. Um, we know another church, um, actually a friend of ours, who was using it for outreach. Um, there are pastors um, and priests who have uh, told us, and rabbis actually, who've told us that they've gone on our website and used our card, talk, card talks for sermon prep. Um, we've uh, been in communication with uh, individuals also, just you know, who are just laity, who have just like told us that something really struck them, or that that they started reading their Bible again, or that they were really. Uh, upset about a certain passage of scripture and then they read our take on it and it it was just different from them they looked at things differently um it, an interesting one uh apparently we are like w number one or number two on google searches for talking about the bible and wet dreams uh literally hundreds of people every single day are on our website reading our card talk about wet dreams which is disturbing because I'm, you know, really wondering what youth pastors and p Christian parents are doing to their children that they are researching wet dreams that intently every single day. Um, but we got into a really good back and forth email with like one young man who was like really wrestling with his Christian identity and like his sexual urges um, and sort of went into pastor mode. And like, you know, it was like being able to have that one on one, you know, conversation communication with someone who just stumbled upon our game and then stumbled upon our website. So um on the comfort end and comforting the afflicted, we've been seeing that. Um, afflicting the comfortable, yeah, every once in a while we'll post something on Facebook or on social media and just watch people get really mad um, because we're calling out hypocrisy or we say, hey, this person who you support or this idea that you say is wonderful, that's against biblical principles and here's why. And they'll usually come at our necks for that more than they ever have for, you know, using the S word. Now, it's clear with the conversation that we're having, our dialogue, that your intention is not to be obnoxious, but to cause Christians to dive deeper into the Bible and understand the context with which it was written. What would you say to people who are listening to this? They hear this conversation, but they're still uneasy about the language, about using language, or about the game or playing it. Uh... May the peace of Christ go with you. Um, we're not we're we're, I mean, like, we're not mad at anyone who doesn't want to play the game. Um, we know that it's not for everybody. Um, like we haven't played like for example the, the creators of the game. We have not played the, this game with our parents. We've played it with like our siblings and like our friends, but we haven't played it with our parents because we know they wouldn't be comfortable with it. Um, however, we would say to those people who don't want to play the game, go to our website, um, read our card talks. 
Um, we look at the entire thing as being one large ministry. So it isn't just the game. It's also like the blog posts and the other things that we do. So while they might say, hey, this game is not for us. Well, you know, go to the website and maybe there's something there that you'll, you'll, you'll enjoy. Like one of our mottos right now is come for the humor, stay for the theology. So if they don't like the humor, maybe they'll get something theological out of it. Yeah, I've really enjoyed our conversation, Ben. And as we kind of bring our time to a close, what's something that you think the church needs to hear from someone in your position, something that you would say to help it move in a more positive direction? It could be on the topics that we're talking about or maybe just something that's on your mind. I think the church as a whole needs to, and this is going to sound cliche and trite, but needs to be more like Jesus in loving everyone who's around to be loved. Um, That's a Kurt Vonnegut quote, but you know, he says that uh, a purpose of humanity, a purpose of human life, no matter who is controlling it, is to love everyone who's around to be loved. And I think the church does lip service to that, but sometimes the church, Big C, does lip service to that. And within pockets of the church universal, there are denominations or at least individuals or smaller groups who live into that, that no matter who walks through the door, no matter who walks into our sphere of influence, we welcome them with open arms not condoning every single action or thought that everyone has, but like meeting people where they're at with the agenda of loving them, not of changing them or telling them why they're wrong or horrible or sinners in the hands of an angry God. Um, So my hope, my wish would be that the church would do a better job of being Jesus, meeting people where they're at. Sure. You know, calling bullshit where they need to call bullshit on people's actions, but always in a loving, a caring, and um, a God-centered way. Well, those are awesome thoughts, man. Thank you. And thanks so much for being a guest on the show. If people wanted to follow up with you and connect with the game, how could they do that? At www.agameforgoodchristians.com. Oh, that's great. We'll make sure we list it all in the show notes. But again, man, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. And that wraps up this episode of The Dismantle. Until next time, don't complain about the things you're not willing to change. You've been listening to The Dismantle, creating community, not conference. Visit us at dismantlepod.com.